Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Uh, it's time for the match preview. I'm Andrew Musgrove. I'm joined by Matt Davies. And if you're watching on the Nottingham Forest uh, Rich PLC page, you will recognise Matt. He's the host of the Nottingham Forest podcast. He's going to give my listeners the insight into Newcastle United. And I'm hopefully going to give you guys a bit of insight into um, Newcastle United. Sorry, Matt's going to give the insight into Nottingham Forest. I'm getting my words mixed up. And we're only 30 seconds in. A brilliant start. Um Matt, thank you for popping on. I mean, first off, a big day for Forrest on Saturday. First time back in the top flight in, in 23 years. The excitement must be, you know, just something really special to get the, the campaign underway. Yeah, I mean, Wembley feels like a million years ago, really, but it was only a couple of months ago. It's been a real whirlwind since then with so many signings, which we'll probably mention. And that, that wait's been so long. I mean, there's certainly there'd be a Forest fan who ever thought in 1999, you'd have to wait till 2022 for another ball to be kicked in the Premier League by a Forest player. So, yeah, there's so much anticipation. I think it's a good first game as well, a big club, and it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. So, if it wasn't going to be a home game, then a trip to a club like Newcastle's a, a really good start for Forest, I think. Mm, for those Forest fans coming up, you'll enjoy climbing all those steps up to level seven. It's... um. Quite the trek up. You talked about Forrest and the signings they've made this summer. They've been very, very busy. They've signed some notable players as well as some players that you may not have heard of. I suppose the one we have to start with is, is Jesse Lingard. Newcastle, very close to signing Jesse Lingard in January before Manchester United. heaped on a, a massive loan fee and a, a survival fee as well. Obviously out of contract uh, this summer. Again, was reportedly offered to... Newcastle United, they stepped away from that. He's ended up at Forest. Bit of a surprise, Matt, to see him end up at Forest when he had the likes of West Ham as well on the table. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. That's fair to say. I mean, when people, when the first news first broke that Forest were in for him, I think a lot of fans dismissed it as you know we've been linked with so many players. This is just another one. But I suppose there's a few factors to it. I mean, money is obviously one, but. I don't think Forrest are paying him as anywhere near as much as been reported. Certainly not two hundred grand a week. It's on a par with what West Ham offered. I think there's family connections. He, I don't think he wanted to move to London. He's got a daughter in Manchester, so that that's a factor. And I think Steve Cooper, Newcastle fans, are going to laugh at this. Steve Cooper sold him some kind of vision that there's something good happening. And then, of course, the other factor is it's a one-year deal in a World Cup year, and he is going to play a lot of football. And it's a chance to put himself in a shop window in the Gareth Southgate sense. And also perhaps for the next season as well. I mean, you know, he has a great season at Forest. He either goes to a bigger club. Uh, Forest fans will accept there are bigger clubs, I think. Even though Forest are a massive club. Or he signs a longer term contract at Forest if they've had a successful season. So, yeah, a surprise. But I think there's a lot of rationale behind it when you dig a little deeper and don't listen to talk sport pundits slagging him off all the time. <laughs> You say a big few months for Jesse Lingard ahead of the World Cup. You've also signed Dean Henderson, another player that was linked to Newcastle United. They've obviously gone out and signed Nick Pope. His words about his time, how it ended at Manchester United, uh, his an interview earlier this week has caused a bit of a stir. Um, is he likely to be your number one goalkeeper, you think, this season? Oh, yeah, massively. He's a quality keeper. I mean, that's another one that a statement that, you know, they're here to stay. I mean, Brees Samba uh, was magnificent for Forrest and kind of engineered his own move, I think, or through his his people by coming public with money wrangles and that opened the door to say, we're going to sign someone else. There was talk of Nick Pope and I'll ask you about Pope in a minute, but um, 
I think Henderson's a great signing. We've got Wayne Hennessy as the as the number two, who's a good Premier League number two, but Henderson's key. Uh, they've got a good sturdy defence in front of him and they've made a lot of signings. Not so much Premier League experience, a lot of Bundesliga signings and um, a few players from you know the French League. Um, but I think they're well set. I think they'll have a good go. Um, well, well, one thing that's going to be about Newcastle, I don't know if you don't mind bouncing it back and forth, well, how can they replace Dubravka? Because I always thought he was good. Have I seen, has he got a mistake in him or something? Personally, I don't think he was ever the same goalkeeper that he was before he got an injury last season. And there was a couple of mistakes in him. But, you know, he's not a bad goalkeeper. He's still a very, very good goalkeeper. And I think what Newcastle United have done is they've moved to go and get someone who is at his level, if not a little bit better. And in turn, all that's going to do is, is push Martin Dubravka up a level. But the refreshing thing is, is that they have two quality goalkeepers. You know, they're looking to build a squad in which they have two good players or more than two good players in, in, in every single position. You know, healthy competition raises the standard. And, you know, Martin Dubravka is is a, is, a, is a very good goalkeeper. There's no getting away from that. And it's going to be such an interesting battle for that number one spot. I think it will be Nick Pope. That's not no bad thing on, on Martin Dubravka. You know, if he wants to stay in battle for that number one spot, that is a brilliant battle to have if you're Newcastle Knight, if you're Eddie Howe. But I don't think it's a case of Nick Pope coming in and having assurances. He said in a, an interview with The Athletic earlier, this week that he's had no assurances of that number one spot. I think it will all come down to who's had the best preseason, who's had the best week in training, and that's what will play into into Eddie Howe's decision making. But it is just refreshing that Newcastle United have got two quality goalkeepers fighting out for number one because even when Martin Dubravka made a couple of mistakes, you knew he was going to be the goalkeeper lining up the week after because no disrespect to Carl Darlow or Mark Gillespie or Freddie Woodman, their best performance wasn't at the level of a bad performance from Martin Dubravka. Whereas here, you know, you know if you're Martin Dubravka, if you're Nick Pope, if you have a bad couple of games, you've got a top quality goalkeeper who is ready to jump in, in your position. And that is that is just so refreshing from a Newcastle United point of view. So for Newcastle fans, I think Forrest, I'll give them the lineup of how Forrest Lineup and talk through it. Obviously, Henderson in goal. Uh, and the back four is Joe Worrell, the captain, back three, I should say. Steve Cook and then Scott McKenna, the Scotland International. Now, I would expect Forrest to line up with four across the middle. And uh, Nico Williams, who plays a wing back because Jed, Jed Spence went to Tottenham. And then probably Jack Colback, who's a player we can talk about, who I think is going to start with Ryan Yates, the vice captain injured, and Orel Mangala, one of the new signings, probably not up to speed. Uh, Lewis O'Brien in midfield with him, and then Harry Toffolo, a signing from Huddersfield, left wing back. Then Lingard in behind. Brennan Johnson, who uh, might be another player we talk about, a class player. And probably Tyro Awanee as the new club record signing, although Sam Sorridge played in the last friendly, which kind of indicates he might start. That's always a good indicator, I think. So the interesting decisions for Cooper to make. Are you back? No, you're not back. <laughs> I'll keep talking. Take everything out and start again. So, uh, yeah, for Forrest, I guess Brennan Johnson's the player to watch. Uh, there was a bit of talk about even just going with Brennan as a kind of a false nine playing through the middle uh, and then playing Lingard off him. It's something we discussed on our podcast and trying to suck up all the pressure and hit Newcastle on the break. And Newcastle fans in the comments might have something to say about this, but I think it's quite a good time to play Newcastle because there's this weight of expectation 
because probably most Newcastle fans are going to rock up on Saturday expecting a, a win. I don't know if it's going to be a comfortable win or the expectation is, but um, yeah, I think they'll expect them to win. So Forrest might go there and think, actually, this is a good time to play Newcastle. If we keep this a bit boring, keep it quiet for 20 minutes. It's interesting. I was going to ask you about the the, the striker that you've signed there, um, Aroni. Now, he had a good season last season, but it's the first time he's hit over double figures. Liverpool fans will know will know of him. You know, the, the, he signed there uh, quite a few years ago. Is it is it a gamble? Do you think that Forrest have gone out and splashed quite a bit of money on a, on a chap who has, you know, only had really one prolific season? Yeah, I suppose it is kind of. I think the thing is, if you there's a Premier League premium, isn't there? I mean, that, who are you going to go out and get that could score that many goals? I think the thing, a lot, one of the big things behind the signs of the Bundesliga players are Forest's head of recruitment came from Stuttgart and knows the Bundesliga inside out and has seen opportunity there of kind of an untapped market or an undertapped market, I should say that they think Awaniyi and Mangala, who they've got from Stuttgart, and Moussa Niakate, who they got from Mainz, are players who can make the step up. A player of Awaniyi's build and goal record just from last season in the Premier League, I mean, what are you going to have to spend there? £40 million? I'm not sure. So, as a promoted club, yeah, I think there is an element of a gamble there, and maybe it does take him time to settle. I'm not expecting massive amounts of goals from him straight away, which is why they've got Surridge, and I think they'll bring one other player in. But, I can, yeah, I think there's an element of risk there. But then Newcastle, I thought you boy, your boys would go out and sign someone massive, uh, you know, some crazy big hitter. And I don't think they have, have they? Where are your goals coming from? Well, it'll come from Callum Wilson if he stays fit, but that's the big question. But, if you know, if Wilson is fit, there, there are a few better Premier League strikers. You know, obviously Haaland um, is up there, Salah, you know, Harry Kane. But outside it, maybe the top four or five that people will, will instantly name, a fit Callum Wilson is is pretty much unstoppable on his day. And we've just got to hope from Newcastle point of view that he is he is fit for most of the season. He's got this really unlucky injury record, but he's looked sharp in pre-season. He scored against Bilbao in the last game. And I've got him in my fantasy team as captain because I'm quite captain. as captain. For this weekend, because I'm quietly confident he's going to get one or two against Forest. I'm boring. I've just gone for Salah. I thought, yeah, I haven't even got a Newcastle player in. You've got tough fixes. This is something I can ask you. You've got a tough fixture style, haven't you? I mean, us are probably, are they the easiest fixture on paper for us? It's quite a tricky start for Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah, it is quite a tricky start. You've got Man City at home after this one. Um, But, you know what? You've, You've got to play everybody. I'm not a fan of saying, oh, it's a tricky start and whatever. You've got to play everyone at some time. And a lot of people are saying this is the perfect start for Newcastle. You know, the stadium's going to be bouncing, big flag display. The atmosphere is going to be brilliant. You know, it's a new dawn. But Forest are on a high. You know, this isn't just a... This isn't like Norwich coming up every other season, is it? You know, they've been here before. This is the first time in 23 years. So this is a big, big deal for Nottingham Forest. And I... Maybe it's the, the Newcastle United fan within me do fear a bit of a banana peel uh, that Newcastle... I uh, may have to step over on Saturday. Yeah, I think people are misreading Forrest a lot. I think outside of Nottingham, they seeing they're seeing them the spending this year as either oh you're Fulham of 2018 and you're gonna, you're wasting the money and the, I don't think they are. I think there's a plan behind it. So I don't see it that way. I don't think we're in Norwich uh, or a Watford of last season. And I think there's other Premier League clubs this weekend in a lot worse shape than Nottingham Forest. I mean, look at Bournemouth, barely signed anyone. Fulham have just 
don't seem to have any defence particularly. Everton are a total mess, as far as I can tell. You know, I think Deli Alley might play as their central striker at the weekend. So, if you're a Newcastle fan who thinks you're going to win this, win the game comfortably, I mean, they might do, but I don't think they will. I think it's a, a trickier test than than people think. I did press with Steve Cooper yesterday, and he wasn't talking like a manager who thinks they're going to be in a relegation battle. He was talking about a big test and a big step up, but a challenge they're relishing and one they 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 have belief in uh, within the group. It's still a core of the players from last season who, who took them up. And I think that, that can carry them, them quite a long way. You mentioned earlier there in the show about Brennan Johnson, you know, a young man. He's another one who's been linked to Newcastle United. Had a great kind of breakthrough season uh, last campaign. Just how special of a player is he? Uh, he could be. I think he's on the way to being a special player. He's special at championship level, certainly. And he did well for Wales at the end of last season. I've said this before on our podcast and other ones. I'll say again, I think in two or three years, he's Jack Grealish and he's playing for Liverpool or Man City. I think he's got that that level. I don't think, much as I love him to stay at Forest for the rest of his career, I don't think that, that happens. He's good enough to play at the very, very top because he's intelligent and he's He's not doesn't care about the limelight or anything. He he's just the ice in his veins is something I've said a lot before. You watch his goals. He's a brilliant finisher. He's not a not a um, you know penalty box striker. He's someone who makes intelligent runs and puts them away. And he's got a great end product in terms of crossing. He'll drift out to the right. And um, as far as Matt Target, assuming he's left back, you know he's going to have a tough afternoon really if Forest do come out and attack. So yeah, he's got all the potential in the world. In terms of Forrest's defence, who are we looking at starting at centre-back? Who are the men tasked with stopping the likes of Callum Wilson? Yeah, that's one of the dilemmas. It's definitely going to be a back three. Worrell's the captain. He's going to play on the right. And then the question is, do you play Steve Cook, who was crucial to getting promotion, but lacks a bit of pace? And Scott McKenna, who also lacks a bit of pace, but he was player of the season. So Warren and McKenna, I say, are nailed on. The question is, do you play Moussa Niakate, the new signing, who's very quick, very good on the ball, but like you were saying before about a lot of players, hasn't played in the Premier League, he's coming from the Bundesliga. I, I've said in my predicted team, I think it'll be Cook for continuity and experience, but Niakate, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays on the left of the three because he's quick. Harry Toffolo isn't. So like uh, Callum Wilson's, for, he's, he's quick, isn't he? He's quite nippy. You're going to have to watch out for him. You're going to have to watch out from runners from deep if it's Guimaraes and people like that. I mean, is Guimaraes, I thought he did really well last season. Is he going to be box to box or is he going to really have to sit a bit more because you haven't really signed anyone of that ilk yet? It's going to be an interesting one. I mean, if everyone was fit and Newcastle are lacking John Joe Shelby, it would have been Shelby dropping deep and Guimaraes, you know, continuing as he did last season, getting box to box. Tomorrow, with Shelby out, it's going to be a really interesting one to see how Eddie Howe picks his side. Will he pick Sean Longstaff and potentially drop Sean Longstaff into that deep role and allow Gumaresh to do what he has been doing? Or will he drop Gumaresh into that deeper role and potentially bring in someone like Elliot Anderson, who he said today um, isn't going to be loaned out. He's going to be an integral part of his squad. This is, for Forest fans, this is Elliot Anderson, a young Geordie lad who impressed on loan last season. Bristol Rovers essentially was the reason they got promoted um, and lots of talk that he'd get loaned out to a championship uh, team, but he's impressed so much in pre-season that Eddie Howe has now decided, it seems, to keep him on. And lots of people would like to see him start tomorrow. Um, I mean, that's partly, you know, that that 
that, that dream, isn't it? Of seeing a Geordie in the side and, you know, especially this new, this new era that Newcastle are on. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he, how he picks that midfield, you know, Gamaresh was brought in and it was, it was said he didn't know how to score goals, but he ended the season with, with five or six and he surprised a lot of people. Uh, but he's, he's just a, a very classy player and he's set the bar for the kind of players Newcastle need to be signing because he's been, he's just been something really special and he is, he's looking very like he's worth every bit of the money they've spent on him so far. So they're going to have to be on top of their game to stop Bruno Gamaresh, a really, really good player and Newcastle fans are probably excited to see him back in black and white for the new season. One of the things I wonder about Newcastle, um, are they a bit lacking pace at the back? I mean, Matt Target never struck me as quick. Dan Byrne never struck me as quick. I don't, I've never seen Sven Botman play and I assume he's probably going to play. But Forrest have got a lot of pace up front. Aaron E is someone who's going to run. He's going to run that kind of right back channel between the right back and the centre back. Johnson's going to do it on the left. And I think Lingard's going to take up space in the middle. So that might be a weakness of Newcastle. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Botman, from what we've seen, looks like he has got quite a bit of pace. He, again, looks like a very classy player. Yes, we've only seen him in pre-season, but the touches on the ball, reading the game, he looks like he's definitely got something about him. It's going to be interesting to see who starts with him. If, it, if it's Dan Byrne, he does like a little bit of pace. He performed really well uh, since his move from Brighton in January. If it's Fabian Cher, there's a bit more pace there, but he's got a bit of a mistake. And I don't Jamal LaSalle is an interesting one. Obviously, club captain. He was linked to a move back to Forest at the start of the summer, but he's obviously he's going to, looks like he's going to stick around. I've got a sneaky suspicion, you know, he might actually line up with Bottman and LaSalle in the middle of the park. I don't know what Newcastle United fans think, but I, I do have a little bit of a feeling he's, he might do that just to try and get the balance at the back um, because otherwise it's two left-footed players in that centre-back role, which people don't tend to like people are a bit worried how that's going to work. Um, but on the other side, you've got Kieran Trippier, Matu. I mean, what can you say about Kieran Trippier that hasn't already been said? Absolutely superb signing for Newcastle United. And he's just a leader. He's got quality on the ball. He's an organiser, top, top player, and a, a real unbelievable signing for Newcastle United. And he started the ball rolling on on what's, the, what's, what's followed and what's to come as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a player I always put my fantasy team because of his free kicks. So he's definitely quality. And what is to come? For, for, for Forest fans, I think they'd be interested to know. I thought Newcastle might go, not mad, but I thought they might go bigger. Are you expecting a lot more business between now and the end of the window? They, they want a striker and they want a, a winger. And I think they will do their utmost to get that. But I think it's unfair. It's an unfair um, assumption, expectation on, on Newcastle that they would have just open the checkbook and throw in everything they've got at the transfer window because Amanda Staveley, one of the corners, has always said it's going to be a slow and steady process and that's what it has been. It's not going to be like when Man City got taken over and they threw everything at it because the football landscape's changed. You've got financial fair play, you know, and it's not as easy as that. And what they've done is they've stuck to their guns. You know, Sven Botman was wanted in January. They didn't get him. They went back this summer. They got him. They wanted Hugo Atekier in January, didn't get him, went back this summer, he's got a PSG, but they've not got this scattergun approach, and I think that's really refreshing. Even now, first game on the horizon, they haven't got the striker they wanted in, they haven't got the winger they wanted in, but there's no sense of panic. There's still you know, just under a month to go, and I think we will see Newcastle get the players they want. It might have to be second or third choice, but 
you know, every player that comes in will have been scouted. They will have, you know, looked at not just what they can do on the ball, but their attitude and how they'll bed into this squad. And that's the refreshing thing, I think, about Newcastle is that they have a plan and they're sticking to it. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's an exciting time for to be a Newcastle United fan. The hope has to be, though, that all the optimism, all the positivity off the pitch can be transferred onto the pitch. And from a Newcastle point of view, they, they start with a win on Saturday. Mm, there's quite a few parallels there from what you say, like like me misreading the Newcastle transfer plan and obviously people have done that with Forrest. And there is a plan for Newcastle, so that's good to hear. I was going to ask you about Joe Linton. I love Joe Linton. I mean, is he going to be a big player this season? As a midfielder, I thought he was brilliant those last few games of the season. Well, I think everybody uh, is hoping he's going to be the player that he was in the second half of last season, a, a total surprise. Fair play to him. Fair play to Teddy Howe and the coaching staff for for bringing this out of him. You know, he is not the first. He's the second or third name on that team sheet for me because he just offers something that not really anyone else on that Newcastle United squad can, and that's the strength in the midfield. Now, Gamrash is is strong, but Joe Linton's a bit of a warrior. He looks like he can run through a brick wall and and carry on. Uh, down the street, he he's got he he's finally found how to use everything he he had in that time. He found it tough, if that makes sense. You know, he's always had the strength, he's always had the eye to pass, it just didn't come off. Whatever Eddie Howe and his staff have done have, have unearthed a player that no one, not even Joe Litton, probably thought was there, and it's been so brilliant to see. The fans have 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 absolutely loved it, and he's going to be a big big part. For him, the pressure, I think, is a little bit on because he's not that's not his natural position. So he has to continue to impress in that position. Otherwise, there are plenty of options in that midfield. But for now, he'll start. And I think I'm backing him to continue in, in, in the manner that he finished last season, which was, for many people, a kind of Patrick Vieira-esque performances. What reception will Colback get, do you think? If any, will Newcastle fans be bothered? I, I don't know. I think there's too much positivity and too much change at Newcastle for for them to really care. You know, obviously crossing the divide, joining from Sunderland was was a big move, and I think he did a decent enough job. He was a he was a good servant for Newcastle. He had some good games. He hardly let them down at all from memory. You know, and will he? I mean, I don't even think he'll get booed. I don't. Yeah, will he get a round of applause potentially? But I think I don't really think it matters. You know, he said, didn't he, yesterday in the press conference, it's just another game for him. So I don't think he's really too fussed about it either. Of course, what you see on camera might be something totally different to what you see privately. But I think he'll just get on with the job. I think Newcastle fans, yeah, let's say they might, and they might give him a, a brief round of applause. But I don't think it's like, um, you know, it's not a big name coming back. It's not like when Tim Krul comes back or anything like that. You know, he always gets a really nice reception. Um, I, I think, I think it's just one of those. He'll turn up, do a job, and it'll not really matter unless he unless he scores a goal, of course. Uh, I don't think it'll, it'll really matter. Um, no. I just want to ask you, uh, uh, Matt, about how you think Nottingham Forest as a team, as players individually, will handle Saturday. Like we say, first time in 23 years have been in the top flight. So there's there's that. But also, it's going to be a really, really big atmosphere at St. James's Park on Saturday. Uh, how do you think the players are going to be are, are going to handle what's to come? 
Uh, I don't think atmosphere is a factor for the players who were there last season because they played obviously at Wembley. And if you can play in a playoff final and not bottle it, then you've got some steel because the pressure was awful. Um, and they had big games against Arsenal, Liverpool, Leicester in the FA Cup. And they, you know, they've played in big crowds before. So I think they'll be all right. They were at the city ground. I think Forest away fans can be a big influence normally, but I don't think they will be so much here because the Newcastle fans are just so so loud and so numerous. So that's a bit of a factor. I did kind of I don't know if worry is the right word, but the new players are a bit of an unknown quantity about how they're going to front up. So I think Nico Williams will be fine. He just played in a World Cup playoff, but Harry Toffolo's not played at this level. Lewis O'Brien's not played at this level. Again, they played at Wembley for Huddersfield, so you'd hope they'd be all right. And then our knee, like you said, a bit of an unknown quantity. He's not had an amazing preseason, so if he starts, you might look at him. But I, I, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll choke under pressure or anything like that. I, I think they've got so much momentum from last season and so much of a feel-good spirit. If anything, the big atmosphere might even help them to to embrace it and play better. Mm, to kind of upset and spoil the party. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned there, everyone not having the best of pre-seasons where I mean the other person who actually didn't return for pre-season because he was he was on loan and he's he's gone to Spurs hasn't he was was Jed Spence how big of a loss is he to Forrest uh how it depends how well Nico Williams plays I guess I mean Spence was brilliant uh at right back or right wing back he's more of a right winger than anything Williams I think Williams might be a bit more of an all-rounded player uh Spence it sounds like I'm doing him down now. He wasn't amazing defensively. He was decent. But at this level, uh, we'll see. I mean, he's gone to Spurs, obviously a massive club, and Conte's made some weird noises like he's not his player and he's going to take a long time to start, to, to step in. So, yeah, it's, Jed's a big loss. But Williams and Johnson play together for Wales. They're good mates. They've already got that link up. So it feels like, yes, they'd have liked to keep him, but I, I think Williams is probably... An upgrade might be too big a word, at least on par. So, yeah, I don't think there's any concerns there. In terms of weaknesses for Forrest, what what can Newcastle exploit? Uh, well, there's a lack of pace at the back if Newcastle doesn't play. I think that's probably one. And I think Toffolo, I don't think Toffolo's the quickest. He was really good going forwards in the championship, but maybe that, that left-hand channel is one. Um, I think the other area of concern is midfield. The big games last season, like Bournemouth away, Jefferson Lerma and Philip Billing got the best of Yates and Garner, who neither of those are going to play. But you need O'Brien to step up and you need Colback to have a good game, assuming Colback plays because Ryan Yates is out injured and Orel Mangala, who I've mentioned, who I think is going to be a really good signing. Um, he's not quite ready. He's only had a week of pre-season and they're probably going to bring someone else and they've been linked to play called Remo Freuler from... Uh, Atalanta, who's got a lot of good pedigree in the Champions League. So I think in midfield, they're a bit undercooked. If Joe Linton uh, has that kind of game you mentioned as a warrior and Bruno Guimaraes is running box to box, that that's probably the area that worries me. I saw what Guimaraes did against Leicester last season and I could see something like that happening again if Forrest aren't on it. What about Newcastle weaknesses that Forrest can get at? Oh, nothing. They're just. They're that, they're <laughs> I've, seen a, I've seen a fan in the comments say I'd, I'd take a point now and fourth from bottom. So not every Newcastle fan's optimistic. It's interesting. I think what what they have to do is they have to make sure they create enough chances for Callum Wilson. I think certain games during preseason there wasn't enough creativity. There wasn't enough getting the ball to him, putting the ball in the box for him. 
it's very easy to give the ball talents at maximum and say, right, you go and do what you can do. But he can be very frustrating at times. The end product is lacking. Teams can mark him out of the game. The good thing with Newcastle bringing in the likes of Gamaresh and whoever plays on the wing, whether it be uh, Almiron or Ryan Fraser, Jacob Murphy, giving them a new lease of life, is that now there are other threatening players in the side that can create chances, can score goals. But that being said, pre-season, I think we did see a glaring lack of creativity and goals from Newcastle. You know, they're not creating enough. And that is probably something that the, something that Forrest, not necessarily can take advantage of because it's Newcastle's issue. But I think Forrest can, will be hoping that that kind of lack of creativity maybe just continues um, on Saturday and, and Callum Wilson maybe cuts a frustrated figure and, you know, St. Maxman makes the wrong choice here or there. The flip side of that is, if St. Maxman's on his day, the ball comes to Callum Wilson in the box, it's more than likely going to end up in the back of the net because on their day, when everything clicks, you know, they're two fantastic players. But, um, yeah, I would say just making sure the ball is getting to the getting to Callum Wilson in the right areas, uh, that that not happening is probably Newcastle's biggest weakness. Yeah. I mean, I think you need a Madison, not a St. Maximum, from what I've seen in Newcastle. A St. Maximum might drive me mad, but you need a player like a James Madison. I know you want to get him, who to me is going to give the ammunition to a player like Wilson. But I know St. Maximum, I guess I guess your fans love him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, he gets players off, off their he gets fans off their seats, and there's 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 no greater sight than St. Maximum running at a defender with the ball in his feet because defenders are absolutely they're absolutely terrified of him. They don't know how to how to stop him because he twists, he turns. Sometimes I'm not even sure he knows what he's going to do with the ball. And if he doesn't know what he's going to do, then there's no hope for defenders. It's just then product, you know, sometimes he tries to take on an extra man. Sometimes he goes to shoot when he should pass it or cross it. But, you know, a man of his quality, sometimes he's just got to accept that every now and then he's going to make the wrong decision. But every now and then he's going to do something really special. Against Bilbao, we scored an excellent goal you know, ran half the length of the pitch and put it in the back of the net. If we can see that more often, if he can do that against Forrest on Saturday, then whoever is responsible for trying to mark him is going to have a very, very tough game because, like I say, when he has, when he wakes up on the right side of the bed, he's one of these players who are just unstoppable and he just absolutely terrifies the defence. Mm. Nico Williams, I guess. Will he play left side, will he? He'll play a left side, but he did. He did also. He switched over halfway during the game against Bilbao, and that's. I guess that's the kind of beauty of it. He can play on either flank, but it, it's yeah. We, from from Newcastle's point of view, just have to hope that you know that end product, that end product is there. Um, Forest wise, what's their biggest strength? Would you say? Uh, pace on the counter. I think every signing that they've made is geared up towards transitioning the ball quickly from midfield through O'Brien and Mangala into Lingard and Johnson and Awani. Awani, Newcastle fans will see him. He's massive, but he's not. I don't think what I've seen, he's a back-to-goal player. I think he's running the channels player and creating space for others and obviously finishing himself. So if Newcastle's defensive midfielder, whoever, whoever that is, doesn't have a good game, and Jesse Lingard, who hasn't had much of a pre-season, I wish it was this game was two weeks later, if Jesse Lingard exploits space, Brennan Johnson's only going to need one one chance, perhaps potentially. He's got a really good conversion rate, so yeah, convert getting the ball to pitch quickly with with players who are really good on the ball, I think is key. Uh, Forest, if they soak up the pressure and don't concede early, 
I think that's their way into the game and hurting Newcastle, certainly. It's interesting because Newcastle themselves are very good on the, on the counter. They like to kind of absorb it and then hit hit teams. And when you have got the pace of Gumaresh, Joe Linson, St. Maximum, Callum Wilson, it is a, it's a joy to watch. And we saw during preseason, you know, that they were doing that that goal that St. Maximum scored against Bilbao came from a counter, and they are very quick and and, and very sharp. So it's going to be a fascinating uh, battle in that case to see how these two. Counter-attacking teams, where you know, did a can did a cancel each other out? Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, Forest quite tactically versatile. They, you know, they had games last year where they dominated the ball, but similarly, I think they had thirty percent possession at home against Swansea and won four five one. Sorry, scored a hat trick. So I think I hope Cooper's got some tactical tweaks uh, up his sleeve that might surprise Howe. But Howe's a great manager as well. I think this is these are two of the best, Newcastle fans won't know much about Cooper, but I think two of these are two of the best young managers in the Premier League? I think when you look at last season, if you're looking at what managers have achieved, it would be, be between Cooper and Howe for, you know, achieving the impossible in many ways. You know, Forrest were in such a, a bad state when he took over. Eddie Howe came in and Newcastle win the relegation zone. No club had survived the drop after having not won any of their uh, first 16 games. And, you know, then Newcastle finished 11th and were, I think, third in the form table, you know. So, it's amazing. I think it's brilliant for the Premier League to see these two young managers coming in and the hope on, on both sides, really. And again, it's, it's a similar thing, isn't it? That what we saw last season can continue for both managers because what they did was was unbelievable. And it, it's going to be interesting to see whether it was, whether momentum carried them through or fingers crossed for both sides. There's an underlying foundation there that, you know they've they've started laying and they can they can build on to have a successful season. Yeah, I think there is. I mean, oh, I don't know where you're predicting Newcastle to finish, but I would think seventh is pretty realistic. Maybe sixth. I don't know. Is that is that one step up the ladder of where getting ahead of where they where they maybe should be by a year? Do you think? You see, listeners of the other things back on my podcast. No, I'm. I wouldn't sound pessimistic, but I've said quite a few times that if Newcastle end up finishing around about where they did last season, 11th, 12th, for me, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You know, there's loads of talk about Newcastle breaking into the top eight, potentially even for the top six. But I think Newcastle have just got to be realistic about what's out there. You know, last season was so good, but we've got to be very careful not to think that's how it's going to be week in, week out. You know, they had pit patch of form, they had the momentum from the takeover, the momentum of Eddie Howe coming in, the momentum of signing some good players in January. But that momentum is not always going to be there. That good spirit, that good feeling around, you know, it's going to have a dip. There's going to be a lull. It's, it's you know, it's what happens. Man City had it, Liverpool had it at times last season. So I think Newcastle, they've got to be very careful. I think you've just got to shut out the noise as well from, from more from the media nationally about what to expect this season. I haven't seen any Newcastle fans aiming for a top four, let alone or even a top six uh, place this season because I think they're realistic. Top 10, 10th, 9th, 8th, good cup run. I think most fans would consider that progress and I certainly would. I think the Cups are probably the one to really look at. Hopefully Newcastle at Wembley um, and, and lifting the FA Cup. I think that's that's something that Newcastle fans would, would snap your hand off if you, if you offered them now. What about Forest? What is the aim? A lot of pundits saying that they're going to be the surprise package this season. 
Yeah, I think that's possible. Uh, I've said we did our predictions on our podcast on Monday and I said 15th and I've said 15th all season. I think there's a real split in the league. Forest fans listening will know I'm repeating myself a bit here, but there's the three promoted clubs and I think Forest are the best of them. And then Everton, I think, are a mess or could be. Leeds might be. Brentford's without Ericsson. I'd be worried about them. They don't have any creativity. Uh, and Southampton. And then you kind of go up and there's clubs like Newcastle. There's clubs like Villa. I mean, Villa have got loads. You know, they've got Coutinho, uh, uh, John McGinn, good players like that. And they kind of limped to 14th last season. So it's a bit of a mad league, really. There's that clutch of clubs in the middle, aren't there? Like Leicester, a bit of an unknown quantity this season now. That's fine. Wolves seem to be maybe in decline. And West Ham is the last year of Declan Rice. So I think Forrest in that bottom third and could finish top of it. And Newcastle in that second third and could finish top of it as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens in, in those two brackets, I think. Yeah, it's, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Just want to ask you just finally, Matt, what... I mean, are Forest fans looking at this game on Saturday and thinking this is one we can win, one we should win? Or are they looking at it and thinking, well, this is Newcastle and everything that's gone on. Maybe, you know, a point would be a good result. Yeah, it's it's a take a point game, I think, really. Take a point and get something on the board. Uh, Newcastle. I mean, I think Forest fans think it could be one of those games where you go there and win 1-0 and maybe it's a bit back to the wall. I don't think... They'd be amazed if Forrest won, but I think they'd definitely take a point and wouldn't be surprised if they lost. I think they're realistic because our first six games are Newcastle, Everton, West Ham, Man City, Spurs and Bournemouth. And I think the feeling, maybe I'm speaking out of terms, if they get six points from six games, that's not a bad start. And, you know, three of those points might be Everton, three of those points might be Bournemouth and a point against, uh, yeah, a point for Forrest is, is a decent result and a good start. Well, I mean, how would you, I'll ask you one last question. Say Forest win or draw, how's that going to go down? We we spoke about this yesterday on on the Newcastle kind of preview with with John Gibson, and John was very much you know they they have to win, they have to win. You have to start as you mean to go on. And I said, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you would like to win, but for me, if Newcastle lose against Forest, it's not the end of the world. You have to look at the bigger picture. You know, things can play against you. You know, Callum Wilson, I mean, I hope this doesn't happen, could get injured in the first five minutes and have to go off. Someone could get sent off. You know, there's all these elements that play in. Forrest could just turn up and have the absolute best game of their their, their lives, of this season, and, and surprise Newcastle. For me, you've got to treat it in isolation. And I think Newcastle fans are, are, are down to earth and realistic enough to do that. You know, if Newcastle do end up losing, long as they've put their all into it and everyone is put their heart on their sleeve, you know, with, with the performance, then there won't be too much grumbling. And look, everyone, I think, wants to win. Of course they want to win, but it's about looking at the bigger picture. One defeat at the start of the season isn't the end of the world. I remember that championship season when Newcastle didn't have the best of starts. They lost to Fulham. They had a, an interesting game against Forest when two players got sent off, wasn't it? And there was a, that pen, the bottom They didn't have the best of starts, but they ended up going up anyway, you know, and... It, it's it's all it's it's one game. Of course, you want to start as you mean to go on. You want to win with the atmosphere and everything. I think a lot of people are expecting Newcastle to win, but if they lose, they lose, and you just get onto the next game and you just make sure it doesn't drag you down for what's to come, which is Brighton and then Manchester City. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's it's it, it's one game, in my opinion. But I think they'll put in a good performance, and I I I, I think they will win. I think Forest will give a good account of themselves. 
but I, I can see Callum Wilson having a couple tomorrow and, and um, starting his, his tally off um, in, in, in the first game of the season. And starting your tally off in the FPL team very nicely because you'll be way up if that happens. Fingers, fingers crossed. Um, I mean, we'll finish there on predictions then. I've said they're 3-1. How are you seeing this one going? Oh, I don't think there's that many goals in it. I would say uh, either 1-0 to Newcastle or 1-1. I mean, I've probably got to show some Forest loyalty and say 1-1, uh, Brennan Johnson to get an equaliser. <laughs>